Okay, so there we go. Praise God for technology. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong. So anyway, um, there's something that uh, Pastor Donna Baptiste, one of our guest speakers that comes twice uh, a year at least, to come and preach the word of God to us. There's something that she says that I really, really like. And I just want to quote to you what, he, what she says. Before she preaches in our services, this is what Pastor Donna Baptiste would say. Um, she says, I'm not here to please or offend anybody. I'm just here to preach God's word as he has given it to me. And that God would have his way and his will as she preaches. And what she meant by that is simply this, okay? She wants to be faithful to the word of God the way that God has given it to her. And so this morning, today, I want to echo those very words that Pastor Don Baptiste often says. I want to faithfully preach God's word to you in order that God would be glorified, in order that his people will be encouraged and challenged. Amen? And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you to thank you, God, for being the God that is faithful. We thank you, God, for allowing us to come together to worship you in this church, oh God. We thank you for those who are worshiping with us online via the live stream. We're so thankful that the technology allows us to do this during this time of the pandemic. Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus, God, every part and every aspect of this time that we have in worship to you would glorify your name. Oh, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be at work in moving throughout this time. God, would you touch our hearts, oh, God? We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come. God, that your presence will be manifested and that your people will be encouraged by your word. Father, we want to explore, we want to discover what your word has to say about your faithfulness, oh God. And so God, today, would you help us? I pray that your spirit would anoint me, oh God, to deliver the word that you have given to me, just as you had given to me. May I be your mouthpiece today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. So today we're going to continue with our sermon series, which Pastor Al has started about a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, it is the sermon series entitled, Rediscovering Who God Is. And so as I was thinking about what to preach on, the Lord actually brought my, my attention to this uh, uh, aspect of who God is and that he wanted me to preach on his faithfulness. And so the first thing I did is I texted Pastor Al, said, Pastor Al, would you be okay if I covered the subject of his faithfulness during my message? And he said, oh, go for it. Because that was one thing that he was planning on doing. No matter what, it was God's will to be, uh, this, for this message to come. And so I want to start by saying to you that being faithful at one point in time, or once upon a time, used to be something that really mattered. But as I think about this, I don't even know if that is the case these days anymore. You know the phrase that you would often hear that uh, your word is as good as gold used to mean a lot, okay? And these are the things that people took pride in when they were uh, sealing the business deals or making trades. Your, good, your word is as good as gold. But nowadays, it's being placed, replaced with words like this. Your word means nothing to me unless I get a written agreement on paper. 
These are the words that are replacing your word is as good as gold. And some of you are probably wondering at this point, what is he talking about? Is he saying that faithfulness is not important today? Is he saying that being faithful is not something that matters? Of course it matters. You and I know that being faithful is something that matters even today. But I want you to hear me out before you start wondering all these things. Um, because God wants us to consider what his word has to say about faithfulness. If you were to consider how our society portrays faithfulness, how our culture speaks about faithfulness, you might get a different understanding of what faithfulness really means. Let me take this even further. Some of you are familiar with these statistics, but according to uh, the American Psychology Association, the APA, it has shown that research has uh, determined that 50% of all marriages end up in divorce, all right? And uh, I want to be honest with you that within Christian marriages, it's not that far behind. Now, that, that, that kind of statistic might be debatable for some of you. And I'm not here to debate with you guys about it, nor am I here to debate the legitimacy of the reasons behind the divorce. For we all know that there's always reasons that lead to a divorce, whether it is marital unfaithfulness, abuse of all kinds, whatever. There are legitimate reasons for divorce cases. But I want to point to your attention that by and large, many of these divorce cases are probably due to uh, reasons that they would state as irreconcilable differences. All right, in case you guys are wondering what that legal term means, let me explain to you, well, let me read to you what that really means. Irreconcilable differences is when a couple files for divorce on the grounds of irreconcilable differences, they are filing for a no-fault divorce. This means that neither spouse seeks to prove a wrongdoing that caused the end of the marriage. Instead, irreconcilable differences reflect a marriage in which the couple has grown apart for some or many reasons, and these fundamental disagreements make it impossible for them to continue being married. And this is where you have the term irreconcilable differences. So what does that really mean? If you think about it, basically, it just means that they no longer want to be in the marriage due to whatever the reasons might be. And it's, if, if, you, if you really put some thought into that, it is really sad. It is really sad, and I would have to wonder that by and large, many, many of these cases are related to the faithfulness of either or both parties involved in the marriage. Now, let me share with you another example which might be foreign to many of you and I don't have statistics or facts to back it up, but this is something that I have come to know. And don't ask me how I discovered these things, right? But sometimes you, you, you read up on it, you hear stories and things like that. Um, in some places, in some instances, there are acceptable behaviors which many of us would consider as wrong. And in these instances, you would have wives that are okay with their husbands having a little fun. They're okay with their husbands having an affair, a fling, as long as they come home, 
as long as they bring the bacon home, as long as they take care of the family and remember who their family really is. In these cases, the wives think it's okay for their husbands to have a little fun. But if you think about this for a moment, how on earth do you think that is okay? How, how on earth is this okay in a marriage? But this is what happens in some parts of society. And so we got to think about this for a moment, folks. There's something happening in our culture, in our society, that is shifting from faithfulness to being not faithful. What do we mean by faithfulness? Let's, let's work with some definitions. Um, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, the word faithful means firm and not changing in your relationship with or support for a person or an organization or in your belief in your principles. Very technical, right? But I, I think you understand what this definition is trying to say. And so therefore, faithfulness is the equality, I mean, it's the quality of being faithful to someone or something. Others would define it as faithful being reliable, trusted, true to one's word, promises, vows, etc. I think we can all agree that being faithful is a little bit more than just keeping your word. Perhaps it has to do with honoring our commitments, all right? Maybe it has to do with being steadfast and unwavering in our commitments and the promises that we make. And this is where many of us struggle with. We have difficulty honoring our commitments. We have difficulty in delivering on our promises. You and I struggle in this to some extent. And I wish I could say to you that every promise I have ever made in my lifetime, I have kept and I have delivered on them. But I didn't. And I would have to imagine some of us here today have also failed to some extent in keeping our promises. So well, let's talk about the importance of faithfulness because you guys have to understand, faithfulness is of utmost importance. All right? I want to give you some examples to help you understand the importance of faithfulness. We're going to start with what just happened recently, right? We just had an election, okay? And so what happens during election is that these officials who are, these politicians who are running for office make a lot of promises to uh, the people, the constituents, right? And so as soon as they get elected into office, some, probably a large uh, part of these politicians, government leaders, maybe even the president himself, right? They have difficulty in delivering on their promises, right? And that often leads to uh, trust, you know, eroding for our government officials, for our elected politicians, right? When these people break promises, right, that they make to the public before they take office and they want their vote, when they break these promises, we start losing faith in them. And that is what happens with elected officials and politicians. And then back to the scenario about marriage. We have to recognize the importance of faithfulness within a marriage. Before a couple enters into marriage, they're making a covenant agreement, a holy commitment to honor the marriage, to be faithful to one another. And so, therefore, both parties have to remain faithful in order to, to keep the holy covenant and the commitment they have made to one another. The exchange of vows is one of those things 
where a husband and wife does in order to promise to each other that they would uphold these vows till the day they die. But you have to understand, a lot of cases in marriages, these things are breaking down. Right? But I want you to understand, just because a person has been divorced does not mean it is all over for them. We believe that by the forgiveness of God, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, there is forgiveness. It doesn't matter who's at fault. But normally, if it is a case of marital unfaithfulness, according to God's word, there is biblical grounds for divorce. It does not mean that it has to happen. It just means that there are biblical grounds to divorce for marital unfaithfulness, okay? We would want in every way for the marriage to still work out, and we would pray for that to happen, but in many cases, it doesn't. But God will heal the wounds, and he will restore the person and make them whole. How about law enforcement? There's been a lot of tension lately with regards to uh, law enforcement and what's been happening in our society, right? Do you know that when a police officer graduates from the academy, there's an oath that they have to take? Now, I don't know if Lieutenant James is in the house, but he knows this better than anybody, okay? And so there's a, there's a pledge, there's an oath that they take. I'm just going to read to you exactly what uh, they are uh, called to pledge. By raising their right hand, this is what they have to pledge. I do hereby pledge and declare to uphold the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of New York and to faithfully discharge my duties as a police officer in the New York City the Police Department to the best of my ability, so help me God. You catch that, guys? To faithfully discharge my duties, so help me God. I wonder why they even have these words, right? Because they have to be faithful to discharge their duties, right? Believe me when I'm saying this, you would want every member in law enforcement to be faithful in discharging their duties. In fact, if lieutenant was here today, I would say, would you not want our brother who is lieutenant in the NYPD to be faithful to discharge his duty, to uphold the Constitution? Your answer would be absolutely. We would want that from him. And so law enforcement people have to pledge the importance of being faithful, okay? And so I want to continue. Huh. Maybe you know the examples of doctors, right? They have to take the Hippocratic Oath. I'm not going to read that one because I think it's a, it's a little redundant. Anyway, so um, would you want the doctor to be faithful to, the, to, the, to, to practice medicine in the way that they're called to? Would you want that? Of course you would want that, right? Same thing with teachers. You are entrusting your children to the, to the care of teachers out there trusting that they would be faithfully in discharging their duty to instruct your children in the area of academics. And so faithfulness is important in our society. Now, my last and final example is this. What about pastors? What about Christian leaders? Is it not of utmost importance that we as pastors demonstrate faithfulness to the office in which we are called? To Remain faithful to the calling of God that he has placed upon us to be 
the ministers of the gospel. Absolutely, it is essential that we remain faithful. You would only hope, not, no, I shouldn't say that. You not only would hope that we are faithful to discharge our duties, you would expect and even demand that from us. I mean, can you imagine if your pastors were unfaithful people? Can you imagine what that is like? If we were to be unfaithful, you'd be so angry with us. You'd be disgusted. You would be sad and greatly disappointed all together with us. I mean, after all, we represent Jesus Christ, don't we? Aren't we God's spokespersons? How can we as pastors ever fail in this area? Well, I, had to, I hate to break this to you, but we are human beings just like you are. We are far from being perfect. We are a work in progress just like you are. We're on the same journey on becoming more like Christ. We want to become more like Christ and be faithful the way that God is faithful, as he has called us to. Now, this is not an excuse for us when we have our shortcomings. It's not an excuse. And it's not our desire or intent to be not faithful. But you got to understand that it's something that we have to strive for every single day. Faithfulness is something that we as believers in Jesus Christ must strive for every single day. With the help of God, we can accomplish that. Now, it breaks my heart every single time when a pastor or a Christian leader fails in this area of faithfulness. We just had a recent case of a very well-known pastor in the New York City area that has been let go from his church due to moral failure. When the news came out, a lot of people were upset. A lot of people were disappointed. But we got to understand that as human beings, we are subject to temptations the same way that you are. But we are hold to a higher standard. That we know. But when we fall, we would certainly hope that we would seek the Lord's forgiveness and work through a process of being restored. And I'm not suggesting that that's the path that Pastor Rao or myself want to take. But I just want to encourage you to know that God is faithful even when we are not. And so we should never equate human beings' faithfulness to the faithfulness of God. Only God's faithfulness will remain true forever. And so in these examples that I've just shared with you, I talked to you about the importance of being faithful. Now, if these people that I just mentioned remained faithful with the help of God, with the help of God and the grace of God, then there is hope yet for our society. Then there's hope for the world that we live in. But we realize that this is seriously lacking. We realize that this is going to require a lot of prayer from God's people. Moving along, I want to talk to you about God's faithfulness. The best part of this message, God's faithfulness means everything to us. My brothers and sisters, God's faithfulness means everything to us. 
I want to turn our attention to God's faithfulness. What does it mean when God is faithful? We got to go back to the earlier definition, but we're not going to flip through the slides. Um, the definition of, of faithful has to do with being reliable, staying true to our promises, and so forth. And we know, okay, and we know without a shadow of doubt that God is all of this and so much more. Now, the Hebrew word translated faithfulness to mean steadfastness, firmness, fidelity. We know that God is a relational God. And from the very beginning of Scripture, we see how His faithfulness is displayed throughout the Scriptures. Now, faithfulness is not just something that God does, like the way we live out our lives, but it's, rather it is who He is. And so, faithfulness is an attribute that describes who God is. All right? Remember, we're doing this series on rediscovering who God is. This is one of God's awesome attributes. He is the God that is faithful. And so faithfulness is who God is. Let me give you a definition of God's faithfulness according to Dr. Stephen Um, a senior pastor in City Life Presbyterian Church in Boston, Massachusetts. This is a cool definition that he gives on God's faithfulness in the article that he wrote for uh, the Gospel Coalition. This is what he says. The faithfulness of God is his attribute that displays his trustworthiness based on his unwavering commitment to his people through his promises and covenants that find their ultimate fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And so it's a very loaded definition, but it just tastes says everything about who God is. And so when the psalmist declares in Psalm 119, verse 89 to 90, this is the word of God. It says, your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. Praise the Lord. Here, the psalmist is declaring who God is. And his, his faithfulness is being equated to his word. We know that his word endures forever. The Bible says his word endures forever. And his love endures forever. In other words, his word, his truth is never ending. Now, according to some commentators, if God spoke something a thousand years ago, it still stands. Isn't that wonderful? You know how we talk about things and then it changes over time? <laughs> well, God's word still stands today. He is faithful to his word because his word is an expression of his character. The promises he made still holds true because he does not change. Oh, how I love this about God. He does not change. You're going to find that helpful in your life. We know that God has shown his faithfulness throughout the scriptures. It's a running theme in the Old Testament. Ever since the beginning, God has made promises. I'm just going to pick up from, from the story of Abram. Many of us know the story of Abram, right? God has made a promise to Abram that he would make him into a great nation. Bless those who bless him. 
and that all the peoples on earth will be blessed through Abram. And then he went on to, to, this was, by the way, found in Genesis 12, if you're interested in reading on that. He also promised that Abram's descendants, his offsprings, would be as many as the dust of the earth. My goodness, can you imagine how much the dust of the earth is? It says that his offsprings, its offsprings will be as many as the dust of the earth. And then in Genesis 15, it talks about uh, Abram's, Abraham's offsprings being, would number the stars. Some of you guys probably know how many stars are out there. Maybe there was a count that I'm not aware of, but I would assume there's many stars in the universe out there, right? But this is what Genesis 15, 5 and 6 says. It says that Abraham's offsprings would number the stars, if we could even count them, that is. And all of these promises have been fulfilled and are being fulfilled. Amen to that. So God has been faithful in so many ways throughout Scripture. He has been faithful to deliver his people from bondage to slavery. As you know in the story of Moses, right? In the Exodus. This is why Moses says it so beautifully in Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning with verse 6. We're going to read verse 6 through 9. Just to give you guys an understanding of God's faithfulness to his people, the Israelites. Here's what it says. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of this earth to be his people, his treasured possession. But it was because the Lord, uh, it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out of a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And I, I love verse 9. This is what it says. Know therefore that the Lord your God is a God, is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. God is so faithful, he would keep his covenant, his promise to a thousand generations of those who love and keep his commandment. Man, my, are you getting this, folks? This is God's faithfulness to us. And I don't have to remind you, as you move down the scriptures, you go into the New Testament, we start to find the promise of the Messiah, the chosen one of God who has come to save the world from their sin. That promise has been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God and through his rule and reign, the kingdom of God exists. And what's interesting about the New Testament and how God fulfills his faithfulness is that what Jesus has drawn on earth through his works of miracles, the healings, it goes back to what has been prophesied, right? And God delivered on his promises. By his stripes, we shall be healed in Isaiah. And this is in reference to Jesus, by the way. And then in the book of Acts, we find God being faithful in keeping and delivering on his promise of the Holy Spirit, which he said, Jesus said that when I leave this place, 
The Father will send the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit is fulfilled in the book of Acts and in the New Testament church, and we are recipients of that. The promise of the Holy Spirit. God is faithful on his promise. And you probably find this very interesting, but you've never thought of it in this way. But there is another uh, uh, verse that I think sometimes we often forget. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Right? We often recite it. It says, no temptation has seized you except for what is common to man. But God is faithful, it says, right? But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But in every way, he will give you a way out. All right? So do you understand what God is saying right here, guys? When we are tempted, you have to understand this. When we are tempted, God is faithful on every single case to be faithful in giving you a way out of temptation. So the choice to sin is still ours. The choice not to sin is through the grace of God. He has given us a way out in every single instance because of his faithfulness. And so it's not an excuse for us to sin. It is, an ex- it is a reason for us to trust that God has provided a way out for every temptation. We will fail. That is, that is a reality, right? We will fall into temptation from time to time. And, but this is God's faithfulness. He has provided way out for us. So you don't have to make excuses and say, oh, I, man, this is, this is too hard for me. God has provided a way out. But God is faithful. In every way that we are tempted, he will make a way for us. And so we need to consider that every time we are tempted. Here's another reminder of God's faithfulness and is found in the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Everybody is familiar with this passage, right? It says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He is faithful to do what? To forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness, right? If we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us of our sins, and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Let me say this again. If we confess our sins, God is faithful in forgiving our sins and purifying us from all unrighteousness. To God be the glory. This is God's faithfulness. And I can go on and on and on, and I think you will be sitting here for the rest of the day if I were to continue to list out all of the instances in which God has been faithful throughout all of the scriptures and in the lives of his people. You could even share stories today. You could share stories with one another about how God has been faithful in your lives. And then we have something to talk about, right? There's a testimony in each of our, our lives But you are getting the point, right? God is faithful to us because of who he is. God is faithful. Now, if God were not faithful to keep his promises, if God were not faithful to keep his word, we'd all be in big trouble. We would all be people that have no hope whatsoever. If God was not faithful to keep his promises, maybe we would be the saddest people on planet Earth. Because we are holding to his promises, knowing that he would not deliver, right? Well, I got news for you guys. God is faithful. And so his promises are not up in the air. His promises is as good as gold. All right? 
We won't be able to, if he was not faithful, you and I could not declare all of his promises are yes and amen in Christ, right? We couldn't declare that if he wasn't faithful. But because he's faithful, we can declare that all of his promises are yes and amen to the glory of God. Hold on to those promises, people, because we need them every single day. We need the, God, the promises of God. But I want to say to you, praise the Lord. Thank him, for indeed he is faithful. The psalmist declares in uh, the golden verse that was read today, Who is like God? Lord God Almighty, you, Lord, are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. My goodness, God's faithfulness is like everywhere where he is. He, his, his faithfulness surrounds him. There is no one like God. My brothers and sisters, the Lord God Almighty is faithful. He is faithful and there's no one like him. That faithfulness of God is like an anchor that keeps us firm and steadfast, right? We talk about, you know, Jesus Christ being the anchor for our soul, right? God's faithfulness is an anchor that we can hold on to. Because of God's faithfulness, we have hope. My brothers and sisters, because of his faithfulness, we have hope. We have an everlasting hope. We have a living hope. Because what he says is true. His promises are true today and forever. He will not go back on his word. You don't have to worry. God will not go back on his word. So we, as believers, as children of God, we can be encouraged and comforted by God's faithfulness. We can be assured of God's unchanging character because Scripture testifies about that. He will remain steadfast, firm, and reliable, trustworthy, dependable, unlike some of us sometimes where we fall short in this area. God is steadfast, he's firm, he's reliable, he's trustworthy. His trustworthiness is what really counts because if he's not trustworthy, how can we trust and believe in, in him? But God's faithfulness, let me tell you, this is where I wrap things up. God's faithfulness changes everything. Hear me out, brothers and sisters. God's faithfulness changes everything. We no longer have to live in fear. Because God is faithful. We no longer have to live in worry because he is faithful. We no longer have to live in doubt because he is faithful. Because he is faithful, we can live an incredible life of assurance. He will not fail us even when the world comes against us. We have a God who is faithful to the very end. And that is why the psalmist declares, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So let me tell you something. When you're going through some valleys, remember God is faithful and he will uphold you throughout the entire time as you're going through the valley. Nobody wants to go through valleys, but valleys are perfect places in which God begins to shape and mold our faith, bringing us closer to him because all we can do is get on our knees. All we can do is desperately cry out, Lord, please help me. God's faithfulness is all about that. And you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, as Christians, okay, we, of all people, ought to be faithful people just like God is because the Holy Spirit of God lives within all of us. And one of his wonderful expression, the fruit of the Spirit, happens to be faithfulness, guys. 
Remember that? Nine characteristics. One of it is faithfulness. Guys, you need to understand God is calling his people to faithfulness. Let's not forget that we as a church is called to be faithful, to live a life of faithfulness because we are God's children. He has made us in his image. We are children of light. Not only do we represent Christ as his ambassadors, but we are ever being transformed and changed and conformed to the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Be encouraged, my brothers and sisters. I hope that this word has encouraged you. I, I pray to God that you are being challenged. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up now as we take a moment uh, to gather our thoughts. We're going to enter into a time of, of prayer, just you and the Lord. And as you listen to soft uh, music playing in the background, as the worship team plays in the background, we're going to take a moment to reflect on the faithfulness of God. We're going to take a moment to express our gratitude, our thankfulness for him being, his, being faithful to us. But it's not going to end there. It's going to go deeper than that. We're going to ask the Lord to search our hearts. Church, we're going to ask the Lord to search our hearts, to ask him to reveal areas in our lives in which we have not been faithful to him or to someone. And I, I'm just talking about like being unfaithful in a marriage relationship. I'm talking about there are things that we are not faithful in discharging. As believers in Jesus Christ, we're going to ask the Lord to search our hearts. And so in this quiet moment in which we go to the Lord in prayer, as you're listening to this music, we're going to come before the Lord in surrender mode. We're going to confess to him any area that surfaces where God reveals to us that we need to get surrendered to him. If there's an area of unfaithfulness in our lives, we must go before the Lord, confess it, and God is faithful. God is faithful. Our sins shall be forgiven and our lives will be uh, purified from all unrighteousness. So my brothers and sisters, I'm gonna leave you with this time to go before the Lord in prayer and to worship him, to declare that he alone can help us live out our life of faithfulness. And so I'm going to conclude with this prayer as you go into prayer. May the God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Amen.